Right, good evening tonight, everybody. Thank you for joining us here at Lighthouse Discipleship Center. My name is Dave Everett. My wife Sherry is going to be joining us, and we're going to be continuing. Excuse me, our Bibles study tonight on the, the Believer's Authority by Andrew Woman. We'll be in chapter 17 again tonight, as we were uh, last week, and hopefully we'll finish that chapter tonight. <coughs> oh, excuse me. Just so you know, all of our teachings and Bible studies are archived on our website at lighthousediscipleship.org as well as our YouTube channel, Lighthouse Discipleship Center. And uh, we also want to say thank you to all those who have partnered with us uh, through your, your, your tithes and your offerings and the contributions. And we, in case you're wondering how to do so, just simply go to our website at lighthousediscipleship.org, go to our gift page, and you can give from anywhere all over the world. If you'd rather send us a check, you can make your checks payable to Lighthouse Discipleship Center. And if you go to the bottom of any webpage on our website at lighthousediscipleship.org, you can see our mailing address there. If you're in the United States, just so you know, all your tax donations are 100% tax deductible, as we are a 501c3 church. Okay, with that said, <coughs> well, again, we're going to be in Chapter 17 tonight. And the Believer's Authority by Andrew Womack. And we're, uh, the title of this chapter is The Devil Will Flee From You. We've been talking a lot about the story about authority because authority is part of what we're talking about. And as believers, we have authority. And we've also been talking about what authority we do not, don't have and what authority we do have. And here specifically, we're starting to get into the how do we exercise this authority. We have authority over the devil. Christ is in us. I've been talking, I talked about this a little. In, in some detail this morning as well, my message, you know, that at the essence of redemption, how we are seated with Christ and have places in Christ Jesus. We have authority. And we have authority because we are in Christ, Christ is in us, and we are seated with him on his throne. And it's the redemption, the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus that made this possible. And also the ascension of Jesus. We don't talk about the ascension a lot, but the, the, the finished work of the cross, the gospel, is, is contained of the birth Death, burial, resurrection, and ascension of Jesus. And Jesus, where is he right now? Yes, he's inside of you. Yes, he's inside of me. But he's also sitting at the right hand of God and on high. And we are sitting, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 6, as well as Revelation chapter 3 verse 21, that we are seated with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So, <coughs> excuse me. We're going to pick it up in the, in the, at the beginning of a story here. And we're, so Sherry's going to do a little reading this, morning, this evening. And one, one, uh, a, a lot of reading in one, in one setting here. Because we want you to get the full story of what Andrew's sharing here. In the middle of this chapter, it's going to start with the, the, sub, the subheading, Two Sides of the Coin. But it's going to, going to be talking about... Andrew's going to give a basic story of uh, his early years in the ministry when uh, he had to cast out a demon and how that looked and how that relates to the believer's authority. And so we're going to go into some of that detail and, uh, and, and how Andrew walked through that and, and his teaching on that. And we'll talk more about that after we read it. Anything you want to share at the beginning? You know, I, I liked Dave's point in his message this morning that we are to identify with Christ in his death uh, in his life and in his dominion since he is seated on the throne he is victorious he is 
king of kings and lord of lords and part of us sitting on the throne with him is we share in his dominion he is over us but he has given us the authority and dominion over satan and he conquered satan so as believers we do need to have a new mindset a new identity as it says in in second corinthians 5 uh, that we are new creations but we need to identify with jesus being on the throne and his authority is uh, our authority you know we can cast out demons we can heal the sick that's part of the authority that jesus has given us and uh, well i'll let andrew uh, keep going in in his uh, in his book but i encourage you to listen to dave's uh, teaching series that he just finished about the essence of redemption it's very powerful uh, as long as and as well as uh, to you know if you're new to this Bible study to start at the beginning in our archives so you get the full gist of what uh, Andrew is teaching God told you to resist the devil and he will flee from you many Christians know that it's the devil trying to destroy their life today He's trying to kill you with sickness and disease, or he's stealing your prosperity from you. You know what's happening isn't God's will, but you're praying, Oh Lord, please solve this. Please do something. You aren't taking your authority. If you are dealing with demonic opposition against you, then you have to step up to the plate, take the authority God has given you, and command the devil to flee. There are two sides to this coin submitting to God and resisting the devil. You can't just go around binding and rebuking anything you want. Some people take James 4, 7 the wrong way and think things like, it's the devil who gave me this spouse and I want a new one. So I'm taking authority and commanding my new spouse to come along and to get this one out of the way. That's not going to happen because God didn't give you that kind of authority and power. Taking your current spouse out of the way through divorce so you can marry another isn't his will. You must submit yourself to God and resist the devil and then he'll flee from you. These truths concerning authority will only work for you when you're, when you're submitted to God. When you are seeking him with your whole heart and you perceive the devil hindering you, then you can take your authority and command those things to change. If you're just upset because someone cut in front of you in traffic and you say, I hope they have a wreck down the road, that isn't going to come to pass. God didn't give you authority to curse people like that. You aren't submitted to him if you do it. But when you are submitted to God, then you can resist the devil, actively fight against him, and he will flee from you. When I was still in a denominational church, my friends and I stumbled into casting out demons. We saw a woman who normally would have been put into a mental hospital for the rest of her life set free. We knew her problem wasn't physical or natural, but demonic. We also knew that the authorities wouldn't understand, so we locked her in a room for seven days and took shifts ministering to her. We'd praise God, sing songs about the blood of Jesus, and read scripture. We didn't know what we were doing, but we literally just beat the devil out of this woman, not with our hands but by singing about the blood and speaking against the devil. We just stayed in there until we saw this woman delivered of demons. Once word got out how she had been restored to her right mind, 
people started coming to us from all over. Another time, a homosexual fellow came to us to be delivered. We didn't really know what we were doing, and to make matters worse, we read a book that taught us all kinds of fallacies like, you can't cast out a demon by yourself, you must have two people. You have to get their name, and you must have the person throw up in a bucket. We did some stupid things by following that book's instructions. We spent three weeks preparing this homosexual for deliverance, which you don't have to do. There's a group in the city where I live who think it's godly to require people seeking deliverance to fill out a 40-page questionnaire and then endure a 45-day waiting period before they'll cast the demons out. That's not the method Jesus used. Back when we thought we had to always get the demon's name, a friend of mine who was casting out a demon from someone asked the demon, What's your name in Jesus' name? The d demon answered, Liar. Immediately my friend asked, Are you telling the me the truth? <laughs> oh my gosh. This homosexual fellow we had been prepping came during a Wednesday night service at our church. I was leading the meeting by myself because the associate pastor, who was my partner in casting out demons, was out of town that night. An usher came and got me out of the service saying, This guy wants to see you. When I went back and saw him, he had come with another homosexual who wanted to be delivered too. The fellow we'd been prepping said, I'm ready to be delivered tonight. I answered, well, we can't do it tonight. I'm by myself. He responded, I'm not leaving with these demons. Well, I'm not casting them out. You better do something because I'm not leaving with these demons. So I took this man and his friend into a back room in this denominational church. Jamie, who is now my wife but wasn't at the t time, came with us to give some prayer support. Jamie wasn't even baptized in the Holy Spirit yet. We had no idea what we were doing. Once we got to the back room, this man said, You better plead the blood over this place or do something because these demons are coming out. When I began praying, Father, in the name of Jesus, this guy fell to the floor and started barking, slithering like a snake, and throwing chairs up against the glass wall. It was quite a commotion. When the usher heard this, he went in and stopped the service saying, We need to pray for Andrew. He's back there witnessing to somebody. They didn't have a clue what was going on. In that back room, there was a stack of chairs about ten high. The other demonized guy was on top of the stack, plastered against the wall, scared to death. Jamie was praying and doing everything she knew to do. I didn't know how to proceed, but since we were already in it, I started asking, What's your name? In the name of Jesus, tell me your name. As I went through this, one demon would name itself, and then another, and then another. I felt like I was being made a fool because I didn't know if the first demon had come out or not before the second one had named itself. It was ridiculous. Finally, this scripture came to mind. Jesus rebuked him, saying, Hold thy peace and come out of him. Mark 1.25 I thought, that would be good. So I said, in the name of Jesus, I command you all to shut up and come out of him. Instantly, power was released, and this guy lay on the floor just like he was dead. Gently, I shook him to see if he was okay. He just rolled over and whispered, I'm free. I'm delivered. I'm free. I thought, if it's as simple as commanding the demons to come out in Jesus' name, why did I go through all this other stuff? Although we didn't know what we were doing, we stumbled onto this truth. We used to beg and plead, asking, Oh God, please get rid of this. I learned through doing what God had given me authority 
and I don't have to go through all these things. I don't have to ask the demons their name, make people fill out a 40-page questionnaire, or require them to walk to, excuse me, or require them to wait several weeks to get ready. I have authority over the devil, and if the person is willing to cooperate, I can go in and command these demons to leave, and they will obey me. I can't ask God to cast the devil out because that's what he has told me to do. I have to stand up, take my authority, and be confident that when I speak, it's going to work. I have to have faith in God's word that I do have authority over all devils and to cure diseases, Luke 9.1. Since God has given you this power and authority, you also have the responsibility to exercise it. You can't go back to God and beg him to do what he has commanded you to do. You must take your authority and use it. There is no problem with God. Prayer works. It's just that wrong prayer doesn't work. You must pray, speak, and act in line with the authority that God has given you. If you would just make these simple adjustments that I've been sharing with you throughout this book, you'll see a big difference. Speak to your problems and command God's word into manifestation. Pray the word of God across people's paths who need to be born again. Stop begging the Lord for an outpouring of his spirit and start going out and healing the sick, <coughs> cleansing the lepers, and raising the dead. Matthew 10, 8. Do what the word says and you'll see his power manifest. Then you'll have all the revival you can handle. All right, thanks, Gary. I know that was a long section to read tonight. So we're talking again about believers' authority. Specifically tonight, we're talking about, lack of a better term, casting out devils. And now we have authority over all the works of the devil. You know, I want, as we, before I go further with this, I want to reread the very first paragraph, uh, a portion of the very first paragraph, and the very first chapter that we read several months ago. And, uh, and, just, and so just bear with me. And it says, God's word reveals to us we are not wrestling against flesh and blood, but demonic powers. Our fight isn't against people, but the spiritual influences, the spiritual forces influencing them. However, most of us simply don't recognize the role of our spirit realm plays in our daily life. We think it's just human, natural, but the devil is busy influencing people every day. This is the part I want to get to. It's useless to debate whether or not an individual is possessed, oppressed, or simply depressed. When the New Testament calls someone demon-possessed, the Greek word there literally means demonized. They are under the influence and therefore controlled by the devil. This issue people make about whether someone is possessed, oppressed, or just depressed isn't in Scripture. The truth is that people all around the world today are being influenced, controlled, and used to whatever degree by the devil. Okay, so well, the first point I want to make is that we, going back to the very first chapter that Andrew said in this book, we don't need to worry about defining where someone is possessed, oppressed, or just depressed. We just know if it's not God, if it's, they're being influenced by the devil, it needs to go. Sickness needs to go. Any rebellion, depression, <coughs> oppression, anything the devil is doing in someone's life, and even up to possession, it needs to go in the name of Jesus. The second thing I want to repeat that we keep saying over and over again, not only in this 
segment of our study, but in almost every segment that we talk about, from James 4, 6, where it says, Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. We can resist the devil all day long, but if we're not submitting to God, then, uh, then I want to ask, by whose authority are you doing this? The key to Christian living <coughs> is submitting to God. And when you submit to God, I even made a point this morning, if you are abiding in God's word, and you are abiding in God, you're not going to pray bad prayers. You're not going to do wrong things. If you are abiding in a living relationship with God, you are going to grow, you're going to do good, you're going to do well, and you're going to uh, do, do just fine. From there, I want to go to uh, a couple things that Andrew says about this casting out the demon of this uh, gentleman and whatnot. First thing is, uh, you know, um, bear with me. Uh, like, um, I don't have all these dots uh, prepared, but they talked about how they didn't really know what they were doing. They have been taught through different books and different things that they need to, that someone, they need to know, they need to know the devil's name, they need to, someone needs to puke in a bucket, and there's all kinds of things people have come up with through the years. I don't see any of these things in scripture. Now, did Jesus ask, uh, uh, get their name one time yes he did he didn't do it every time he did it one time you know but i think we need to be careful when we build a doctrine on one story of jesus you know i've said this many times you know if we base on everything that jesus did and we have to do exactly like he do it in every single degree you know when jesus healed the blind man he spoke to one person he spat in another person's eyes and he put mud on another if Jesus spat in everybody's eyes, we would be spinning all over the place, okay? And I'm not saying we can't do like Jesus did, but we don't need to make a doctrine that we have to do it this way. And some of these lists and our things that people have come up with, we start trusting the system more than we start trusting our faith in God's Word. We start trusting God instead of trusting who we are in Christ. In some degree, I'm not. A, I don't have a problem with the system, but we gotta trust God, okay? And and but some of these things are just stupid, <laughs> stupid, silly. You know, uh, have some people who have been uh, delivered from a demon puked in a bucket? Yes, but not everybody, okay? That is not a requirement. You are not gonna find a scripture that someone has to puke in the bucket, otherwise they're not delivered. That's a bunch of nonsense, okay? And so, uh, and I'm not saying it can't happen. But to demand that it happens, you, you, you are not basing on scripture, you're basing on someone's experience. And I can't put my faith in someone's experience. I can only put my faith in the Word of God. Okay? Uh, from there, I, you know, I want to go on and, and uh, you know, even Andrew said some of the things that they were doing was just flat out ridiculous. And some things people are doing and teaching and, 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 and indoctrinated into it's just flat out ridiculous okay it's not biblically based but then uh this um, one section here i want to just go over some things real quick um bear with me again um you know they finally just came up with the idea where uh based on mark 125 jesus rebuked him saying hold thy peace and come out <coughs> the, uh i mean Andrew would even admit it, and I'll put it in my own words, they were doing all this hocus pocus, trying to cast out this demon that he really didn't want to cast out anyway, but the guy kind of cornered him into doing so. 
and and then they had they basically had a riot in this back room, and and finally it just dawned on them from scripture, not someone's doctrine, but from scripture, Jesus rebuked them, saying, "Hold that peace and come out." And I believe the Holy Spirit brought that scripture to their remembrance, and when they listened to the word of God. Andrew just said, well, why don't we just do this? Hold thy peace and in the name of Jesus come out. And the guy was set free. We have made it so complicated. We have made it so hocus pocus. It's stupid. And I'm not trying to be mean. I'm trying to help us. Okay. Some of us have just made the, the word of God so eerie. It's not eerie. It's the word of God. It's the power of God. Um... Some more things here real quick. Um, although we didn't know what we were doing, we stumbled on this truth. What truth? The word of God. Hold thy peace and come out. We used to beg and plead, asking, oh God, please get, get rid of this. I learned through doing this that God had given me authority. And I don't have to go through all this stuff. I don't have to ask for their names and make people fill out a 40 page questionnaire how stupid can it be or required that them to wait several weeks what, what are we waiting for I mean to get to get ready I have authority over the devil and the person and willing to cooperate I can go in and command and these demons will obey me I can't ask God to cast out the devil because that's what he told me to do he, that's what he told us to do I have to take my authority and, con and be confident that when I speak, it's going to work. I have to have faith in God's word, and I do have authority over devils, uh, not only to cast out demons, but also to cure diseases. You know, spirit of <coughs> Another example of someone being demonized is a spirit of infirmity. We have the authority to rebuke sicknesses in the name of Jesus. Jesus did, and Jesus is in us, and we're sitting with him on his throne. And lastly, since God had given you the power of authority, you also have the responsibility to exercise it. You can't go back to God and beg him to do what he's commanded you to do. And then, uh, this is last, speak to your problems, speak to the situation, and command God's word into manifestation. Pray the word of God from across people's past who need to be born again. Stop begging the Lord for an outpouring of the Spirit and start healing the sick, cleansing the lepers, raising the dead. Do what the word of God says and you'll see his power manifest. Then you'll have all the revival you can handle. There's a lot that I said. I know there's a lot Andrew said. And I could spend a lot more detail with this. But we have made it so complicated. We have made it so hocus pocus. We have so scrutinized this whole thing. And we just need to know who we are in Christ. We need to know God's word. And we just need to speak to it. If it's not God, it's coming out. And whether that be sickness, a disease, a depression, oppression, uh, a spirit of affirmity, whatever it might be. That person needs to be whole in the name of Jesus. And we have authority. We don't have to wrestle with it. We don't have to debate with it. We don't have to do all the stupid stuff that some people have taught about you know, filling out a 40-page 
questionnaire or taking several days of repair. We don't need to do all that junk. Okay, that's just a bunch of crap. <laughs> Sorry, but it's just a bunch of junk. We need to speak to it, command it to come out in the name of Jesus. Amen. And I, I honestly, I, I can't really add to any more to what Andrew and Dave shared because I wholeheartedly agree with it. Uh, if we know who we are in Christ, uh, like I shared earlier from Dave's message, if we identify with him in his death, in his life, in his dominion, which is him seated on the throne uh, in heaven, just having that relationship with him and knowing his word, we can't go wrong. You know, one of my favorite uh, healing passages, and I, I didn't look it up, but it is in the Gospels. There, there was uh, a man who had authority. He had authority, I think it was a centurion soldier. He had authority over others. And when he came to Jesus for Jesus to heal, I believe it was his his servant, um, he said, Jesus, just just speak it. I understand authority. You don't have to come with me all the way home to, to heal my servant. He, he understood authority that Jesus, who is the King of kings and Lord of lords, the Savior of the world, only had to, to speak it and the servant would be healed. You know, that, that is something that we need to understand what authority is and who has it and who's it been given to. And we need to know the word of God and not be tossed to and fro by all these weird doctrine, step-by-step how-tos. You don't need to read books on how to do this or that in the spiritual kingdom. You just need to know the word of God. Now, it's you're probably wondering why I'm saying that when we're reading a book uh, but that's not the Bible. But... Andrew's teaching is based on the Word of God. It's, it's not... It's his message or sermon in book form. So, it's the same thing. Uh, right. And my, my point is, when we have a relationship and know the Word of God, you know, it, it should be as simple as what Andrew shared. All we do need to do is command it to come out in the authority that Jesus gave to, to us. Uh, but I didn't want to preach too much on what Dave and Andrew already shared because I thoroughly agree with it. But I wanted to do a little side nugget of when we first started reading tonight when Andrew was talking about uh, people uh, not ha- happy with the spouse that they have and, and uh, praying that, you know, the, saying that the devil gave them the one they don't like and praying for a new one. Um, First of all, I kind of think that's really silly because that's not the authority that God gave us. But, you know, there's a a movie out there um, called The War Room. And it's about a a family, a couple, who they start having marriage issues. And the mentor of the wife um, had, had a place where she prayed and she encouraged the, the wife to start praying for her husband and being in the Word of God. And instead of 
because she the the wife was complaining about her husband. He was just not. Uh, he had some things in his life that weren't good, and uh, and she just she wanted to buck at it and just you know nitpick and nag and just deal with it. But when she came to realize that the best thing she could do for her husband was have a relationship with God, she started praying for him differently. She started acting on the word of God, which was to be the uh, the loving and respectful wife that she needed to be, that God had created her to be towards him and given him love and grace. And that made a big difference in their marriage and you know, that is a godly example. Instead of praying, God, you know, get rid of this spouse that the, the devil gave me. Uh, we need to relook at it, folks. I get there's marriages with issues and my heart breaks for the people with marriage issues. But I know who, who, uh, who I believe in and that is Jesus Christ. I believe in the word of God. And the word of God can change anybody. All we have to do is uh, know who's on the throne, Jesus, and trust him and his word. And uh, he'll, he'll make things beautiful. You know, there's so many scriptures about how good God is and how bad the devil is. And yet we attribute bad things to God. And sometimes people attribute good things to the devil. And that's backwards. God is a good God. So many verses talk about how how God is such a good father. He only gives good gifts. Uh, Dave had uh, read a verse this morning. I think it was James 1, 7. About all good and perfect gifts come from the father of, above uh, who doesn't change. And I'm, I know I'm not quoting it verbatim. But you, you can, I encourage you to look it up. And there's another verse that talks about he who finds a good wife finds a good thing. Spouses are gifts from God, yet the, the devil's going to try to destroy marriages because it's a godly institute. But there is a way to save marriages. There's a way for us to change through God's word and be the new creation that God created us to be by us identifying who we really are and who, like Dave said in his uh, redemption message, that we need to identify with Christ. We need to identify with who God created us to be. Jesus died for us. We are to identify with that. Jesus rose again. He's alive. We are to identify that we are new creations, the old has passed away in the new uh he's given us newness of life in him and that we also have the the authority and dominion that he has because he's seated on seated on the throne and we need to identify with that but like that dave shared earlier we need to realize we don't wrestle against flesh and blood we wrestle against principalities and powers the the enemy is out to steal, kill, and destroy. He is out like a roaring lion. But we are to submit to God, submit to his word, and resist the devil, and he will flee. Uh, real quick, and we're going to go to chapter 18, which is entitled Law Enforcement. Uh, but one of the questions were asked on uh, Facebook, and that's why I'm always on the phone. I'm not 
I'm being disrespectful. I'm actually talking to many of you. Uh, but uh, they asked, how do we get a book? Well, we don't have any of these books, unfortunately, to give or to sell. Um, first of all, some of you are on that side of the planet, and so we wouldn't have a way to get it to you uh, any way easy. Um, but you, anyone can obtain their own books. You can call or you, you can contact Andrew Womack Ministries uh, and get it through them, or you can also go to get uh, these books are available to Amazon as well. And so I put a link on the comments for the book through Amazon. Uh, you know, you can give them to Andrew Womack's Ministries or whatnot. We personally don't have those books. Uh, we did, if you were here locally, we did have some, but uh, uh, we don't have the give and ship across the world or whatnot. Uh, we don't have any, well, we do have some study guides here locally, I think, but we don't have any of the books, I don't think, available. But anyway, uh, you'll have to get those yourself. Uh, that's not to be mean or rude, we just don't have the capacity to do that. And so, um, uh, anyway, but you can get your own books. So uh, the, the, the book that we're doing in, in Sunday Night Bible Studies, which used to be our, our Wednesday night before we moved it to Sunday nights, Believer's Authority by Andrew Womack. And like Dave said, he shared the link for Amazon. You can also get it through Andrew's ministry, um, uh, AWMI, Andrew Womack Ministries International. And I believe you can also get it through uh, the Bible College, Karis Bible College. Uh, but those are resources to get Andrew's uh, teachings, his books. Um, now, the same person asked me, you know, what's the title of the book? Well, this one is called Believer's Authority. That's the one we're studying now. We're not studying the other books right now. Uh, but if you want to know how many books that Andrew Womack wrote, well, you can just simply Google that on Amazon. All of, his, all of his books are available on Amazon. All of his books are available from their own ministry website. And so go for it. Uh, there's other teachings. There's a lot of free teachings. There's free articles on his website. There's free articles on our website. There's free teachings on our website. Uh, you can go to our website and listen to all of uh, we We basically read the book to you. So, uh, you know, we're still, this is our 31st lesson on this book we still have many more to go we're about two-thirds of the way done with this book so you're just going to have to you know get on your computer and google this and uh and get those information for yourself uh i, I cannot andrew has tons of books i can't list them all for you uh you'll have to research that yourself but uh, we have done some of these are bible studies all those all of those bible studies are on our website in multiple places and so <coughs> go for it. I'll put my website on here again in the comments in just a moment. But we're going to go to chapter 8 called Law Enforcement. We're talking about, we're getting to the, 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 the we're talking to, again about Believer's Authority, but we're talking more about now, how does it work? We're getting to some of the nitty gritty of how all of this st stuff works. So we're using an example, which I use all the time myself, Law Enforcement. Uh, so chapter 18, we exercise authority when we take our responsibility and do what God has told us to do. Yet this doesn't mean we can just command anything we want. All authority can do is enforce law. In the natural realm, we call policemen law enforcement officers. They only have authority to enforce what's already been established as a law. Police officers don't go out and make up the law. They aren't absolute dictators who can do whatever they want. 
they are limited. All they can do is enforce laws that are already in effect. In the, it's the same way in the spiritual realm. Every born-again believer has this supernatural, God-given power. Still, there are spiritual laws governing how it works. Like a police officer, all we can do is enforce the law that's already in effect. We can't use God's power in a selfish way because there isn't any law where God promises to give you what you're lusting for. Instead, we need to learn what the laws of God's kingdom are and then recognize that our authority is simply enforcing these spiritual laws. In the natural realm, some people try to violate the laws of the land. This is where there's a that excuse me. This is why there's a need for law enforcement officers, people who go out and enforce those laws. In the spiritual realm, there are demons who are constantly trying to oppose us, inflict their evil will upon us, and prevent us from experiencing the fullness of God's provision. We must enforce the spiritual laws of God's kingdom that have been established. Okay, I'm just responding again to some of these comments on the Facebook and whatnot. And so, again, you know, this whole, you know, let's look, let's look at a police officer for a moment. It kind of echoes some of the things Sherry just read from Andrew's book. You know, a police officer, now, I know we, are, we have an audience from all over the world. I don't know how law enforcement works in every country. I can only tell you how law enforcement works or is supposed to work in this country. <coughs> Basically, an officer is sworn in and they have a badge. And whatever's behind that badge, they can enforce those. They are not only can, but they are required to enforce those laws. They are a law enforcement officer. They are a peace officer. And they have many other subtitles like, like that. But a, a police officer cannot enforce a law that the law does not say is a law. They also cannot enforce a law that... Um, that they cannot over-enforce the law. They, they have laws of how, how they can enforce that law. They have certain laws when they can use their gun, when they can't use their gun. They have certain laws what they have to comply with in order to arrest somebody or not arrest somebody. They have to, to give them their rights if they're going to arrest them here. There are certain things that they have to do. Each city, each county, each state, each eight government agency has their own rules and laws and, and ordinances regard, regarding all those things. Um, we can't use our authority in Christ. We can't use authority that God has not given us in Christ. And we are expected to use our authority that God has given us in Christ. And so that's why we're using the police officer. You know, uh, a police officer cannot make up their own rules. They cannot be judge, jury, and execution. Executioner. They, 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 they are not all the same. They can't enforce the law. They can't override the law. They can't, they can't over, they can't abuse the law by uh, putting the law in their own hands. They also can't abuse the law by saying, you know what, I'm gonna let, I'm gonna arrest, I'm gonna arrest this guy for breaking the law, but I'm not gonna arrest this guy breaking for breaking the same law. They cannot pick and choose. Okay, they, they have to be. Um, Unbiased, they have to be objective in their role as a law enforcement officer, as a police enforcement. They can only enforce the law, and we can only enforce. We're not talking about the law, biblically speaking. We're not talking about. 
the Ten Commandments and the Torah, we are not under that law anymore. We are, but there are laws of the kingdom. There's a law of faith. There's a royal law of love. Um, there's a law of liberty. Um, you know, there, there are laws uh, of how the kingdom of God works. And so we need to know the laws of the kingdom. I did a message uh, several years back uh, about the laws of the kingdom. There are different laws of the kingdom of God. And we are to exercise those laws. So there's, <coughs> excuse me, there's natural laws. There's a law of gravity. There's a law of lift and thrust. There's a law of, uh, uh, I, I can't even think of it right now. It's on the tip of my tongue. So when you repeat? But uh, when something spins, uh, uh, was on that wind calls the heart. Kenosha or? Um, oh, inertia. Inertia. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, uh, I can't, don't even ask me to explain that. But at the same point in time, uh, it's just, uh, there's different laws that govern the world. Law, so laws work for everybody, everywhere, every time, and um, we don't get to pick. You don't get to pick to choose whether you're gonna gravity is gonna work or gravity is not gonna work. Okay, gravity works all the time. That's why you're not floating in the air like I'm not floating in the air. Okay, even though you're in a different country, some of you, you're, the law the law of gravity works the same in Pakistan as the law of gravity works here in California. Okay, the law of gravity works everywhere the same way. The only place where the law of gravity doesn't work is in outer space, okay? And then there you're floating around, okay? But there's other laws, and so uh, there's spiritual laws. There's laws of God's kingdom, okay? We're not talking about civil laws. You know, even if, uh, even here, law enforcement officers can't, there's some, some laws that they cannot, and it's out of their bounds to enforce. For example, we've had a situation you know, a while back where we had to call the police on something, and... The, the police officers came and said, now if someone got hurt, someone got abused, someone was doing something hostile or physical, they could get involved. But the case that we were talking was a civil thing. And so therefore, they said, you're going to have to uh, get a lawyer or, or, or go to the, uh, plead with the court. And, and because it was a civil case, they couldn't get involved until uh, 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 the court said that they can get involved. So, so I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not going to get all... Technical with this kind of stuff, but a law enforcement officer can only do what the badge can do. And there's some laws they can't enforce unless it's ordered by the court to enforce for the law enforcement to get involved. You know, even in our court systems, there's there's a bailiff. Uh, is that what they call it? Uh, and, uh, you know, even he, he or she can't do anything until the judge says what he or she can do. Uh, you know, but and the judge says, Get this clear the courtroom. The bailiff has to clear that whole courtroom. There's no ifs or ands or buts. If he says arrest this person or whatever the case may be, um, and, and that's what they have to do. Even if they like the person, even if that person's their family member, their mom, their dad, or their spouse, they have to comply with what the judge said to, for that bailiff to do. And so, um, you know, there, 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 there's so many different scenarios that I could talk about, but they are enforcing whatever law or whatever jurisdiction that they uh, they can enforce and, and, and whatnot. They don't make up the laws. Uh, they can't act outside their jurisdiction and, and within the laws or the scope of their laws of, of responsibility in jurisdiction. They also cannot say, you know what, I don't feel like uh, upholding this law. I don't agree with it. They don't get that choice. They don't have that luxury. Okay, they are sworn in uh, to uphold the law. And so, 
Anyway, there's a lot more detail we can get into. Why are we talking about law enforcement? We, is, this, is this police academy? No. We are talking about authority. And sometimes we have to understand some natural illustrations, like almost like parables, so that we can understand some spiritual truths. And that's what we're going to get into. And I know, like Dave said, Andrew's getting into it in the next couple of sections here. Uh, but he, he made the, Andrew made the comment about uh, we, we only have authority to enforce what's already been established as a law. We don't go and make up the law. And they're not dictators to do what they, that when he's talking about police officer, us, um, we, we can't do just whatever we want. We can only enforce laws that are already in effect. And that's the same way in the spiritual realm. And I know there was one comment, um, Andrew said about, um, we can't use God's power in a selfish way because there isn't any law where God promises to give you what you're lusting for. You know, Dave uh, read some verses this morning about how Jesus says to ask, but but the, we can't just ask, you know, hey, I feel like some chocolate right now. God, give me some chocolate. Uh, or like he shared in an earlier section, I don't like my spouse anymore. Get rid of them. Give me a new one. It, it, there's no spiritual law for that. Uh but there, but there are spiritual laws for the authority God's given us, like casting out demons or healing the sick. And so Andrew is going in to um, uh, God's word about it, and he's going to be talking about some of the laws, the spiritual laws uh, that that Dave was was talking about. Most people don't see the kingdom of God as operating under law. Instead, they see it as being directly under the Lord, and they think he often changes his moods. They'll say things like, you never know what God is going to do, and you can't put God in a box. God is definitely bigger than and outside of the little box you've tried to contain him in. But he also has established spiritual laws that even he will not break. Thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. Psalm 138.2 Although many scriptures reveal the power of the name of Jesus, uh, for example, Philippians 2, 9-11, God has magnified his word even above his name. A person's name is no better than their word. If they don't keep their word, their name isn't accounted for anything. However, the name of Jesus is powerful because he never breaks his word. When God says something, it's, it becomes a legal binding contract. My covenant will I not break, nor alter the thing that has gone out of my lips. Psalm eighty nine thirty four. When God speaks something out of his mouth, his word is a covenant. It's a contract he will not break. Jesus upholds all things by the power upholds all things by the word of his power hebrews 1 3 in other words our entire universe is held together by the integrity and power of god's word if he were to ever break a promise or otherwise violate his word this whole world the universe and you and i would all self-destruct it's god's integrity that holds everything together 
There's a lot here, you know, when uh, Sherry was reading from Andrew, it says, you know, most people don't, don't see the kingdom of God as operating under law. Instead, they see it as being directed under the Lord, under the Lord, and he often changes his moods. Uh, and they'll say things like, you never know what God is going to do. <coughs> Someone who says they don't know what God is going to do doesn't know God because Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hebrews 13 8. <coughs> he honors his word above his name. He's made covenants and promises with us. You can know God's response. You can know his will. When you abide in him and his word, you can know what God's will is for every situation, for every single day. You can know it. And so we can have the wisdom of God. We can know the mind of God. We can know these things. Why? Because we know God doesn't change. God doesn't waver. <coughs> he honors his word above his name. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so we just need to get to know God. And we need to know him intellectually. And we also need to know him intimately. And we're going to be talking a lot about this over the next few weeks. As I'm going to be talking about over the next few weeks, this great salvation that we have. And the new series starting this Sunday, talk about such a great salvation. I'm going to be talking about salvation and what that means. I'm going to be talking about the, the death, what salvation is and the gift of salvation. I'm going to be talking about the purpose of salvation. But in that, after that, I'm also going to be having a teaching on the blood of my covenant. And that comes from when Paul was talking about communion. And he talked about the, 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 the bread, how it represents the, his body that was broken for us. And then he says, and this is the blood. The, the, the cup is, this is the, the blood of my covenant. We have a covenant relationship with God. God has sworn by himself. He, he has made a blood covenant with us. And because we, he's made a covenant with us, we can know that he is faithful to that covenant. We can know what he's do. Sherry and I have a covenant with each other. We're married, and we know, and we might not, not we know, we might not know whether she wants chicken today, or, or beef today, or this today, or an apple today, or a banana today. We might not know those details, but I can tell you something. I can tell you she does not want watermelon. I can tell you that she will, she'll take blueberries almost any day. She, there's some things that she will like every day. There's some things that she will never like. Same with me. She knows I'll take chocolate. She knows my favorite foods. She knows I'll always go to El Cholo, our favorite restaurant. She knows I will always have steak or a burger or whatnot. She also knows I don't do vegetables very well and uh, different things. She knows some things I just definitely will not have, not, and it's not going to happen, you know. Um, and so I, I, I'll starve myself. I won't eat it. And so I'm very stubborn in that way. But at the same point in time, you know, we know each other. We have a covenant, but we also know there's some lines that we won't cross. There's just some immoral laws that, that we have in marriage that we have sworn to each other, that we made vows to one another that we won't cross. We might say something, we might have a bad day, that doesn't make it right, but there's certain lines we will not cross. And so how do we know that? Because we know each other. We made that commitment. We have a covenant with each other. And this covenant, I would love to say it's unconditional and it's supposed to be unconditional and our, our intent is for it to be unconditional, but we are also human and we, we fail and we mess up. But God 
has made an unconditional covenant with us, and he never messes up. He's faithful, 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 faithful. And we can know that God will be faithful to his word. God will be faithful to his covenant. God will be faithful to his promises. All the promises of God are yes and amen to the glory of God by us. We can know, we can trust, we can rely on him, and we can know his him and how his kingdom works because his kingdom is the same yesterday today and forever and we can trust it and we can trust his word and god does not fluctuate god's not one way this day and not some way tomorrow he is the same yesterday today and forever and we can trust our god because he is faithful 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 if he wasn't faithful we could not trust him if he wasn't faithful we could not trust him to have salvation if he wasn't faithful we, we are of all men most miserable because we would not trust it if we don't have to to we don't have to make sure that god's in, in a good mood today like some of us play our parents is mom or dad in a good mood is it a good day to ask if we can do, have this or go there or whatnot no, you know, we all, even our parents, as awesome as they are, can have bad days, and they can be moody, and we can all be moody, okay, some more than others, but we can all be moody. God is not moody. He is love. God is love. God is constant. He is our banner. He is our El Shaddai. He is our provider, our healer, our righteousness. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And you can know God. And you can always know God's heart in the matter every single time if you know your God. Amen. You know, that's so true. We, we as humans tend to see everybody the same way. Uh, that someone can fail us. Uh, and, and we have the the weakness of seeing God through that lens and we need to realize that God is not human he is not us he's not like so-and-so or your dad or mother or so-and-so that that hurt you or was unfaithful or how or abusive we cannot see God through that lens because like Dave said God is faithful 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 he does not go back on his word and that is sad to say why a lot of us uh, don't understand authority or God's word because we've been taught uh, a certain way that God's out to get us or he's out to destroy us if we don't behave or uh, God's the one who did these bad things to us or and maybe you can please God maybe you can't just depends on if God's in a bad mood that it, it doesn't work that way God is always in a good mood he always is out to love and protect and bless us he always wants the best for us and when he gives his word it's it's covenant it is so set and he will not back down and break it that's why, you know, sometimes a lot of Christians are confused about believers' authority because they're like, well, God, you do something. You're God. You're all-powerful. You're, you know, you're God of the universe. You do it. And then they're upset why he doesn't when, like Andrew was sharing in his book, there are certain things that God gave mankind to do. 
And God can't go back on his word. He won't go back on his word. He can't go back on his word. He, he just, if he said, hey, this is for mankind, mankind is, by golly, the only one who can have it. That's why angels don't preach the gospel. Because God gave that responsibility to mankind. God gave mankind authority over demons. He gave mankind authority to heal the sick and to, to heal the cleanse the lepers. God gave that to mankind. And when we say, God, go heal someone, we're, we're not knowing God's word because God's word said that he sent his word and healed them. God's word says, by his stripes, by Jesus Christ's stripes, I am healed. And there's so many other healing scriptures that we, we I get there's confusion because of, of how, how we read the, the Bible and misconstrue it or how we've been taught wrong. But when God said for us to go and do it, to use our authority, you know, in my job, in our jobs that we have, or like the, the example of the, the police that Andrew was talking about. There's certain authority that, that we or the police do in their jobs. I can't take the authority I have in, in, in my job and go out and tell a police officer what to do. I'm not, my job isn't, has nothing to do with police, uh, a police officer in the United States. I can ask for their help. Uh, they're, they're, they're here to, to protect and serve. Uh, but if I cross the line and break the law, that yeah, they they need to to come and and deal with me. But um, I don't go to a restaurant and start bossing people around like I was the manager. That's not my job. If I worked at McDonald's and went to Jack in the Box and was telling that the Jack in the Box workers or Taco Bell or whoever how to do their job, it wouldn't work. If I I can only be a manager in the store that I was placed with responsibility over. And I, it's probably silly examples of how I'm trying to explain it. But God gave us authority in a certain realm. He didn't give us authority to be like, you know, uh, me telling God, go, go pick up my shoes, go clean the dishes, go clean the bathroom to God. God gave me hands and feet. He, he gave me the ability to do chores and to take care of my household. That's not the authority that God was, has given us. He gave it the authority to have dominion over the earth, to uh, subdue it, to cast out demons, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead. That's the authority that he gave us. Amen. Well, we are out of time. We'll pick this up uh, next week. You know, as we're wrapping up and say, uh, uh, turn this off for us, you know, it reminds me of uh, Dwayne Sheriff, something he shared a while ago when he was starting his ministry. He, he was part, a Methodist pastor. He preached a message one Sunday morning saying there's <coughs> some things that God cannot do. And when he said when he said that, he got a no small stir in that church, and they basically rebuked him for saying that. And so he apologized, but then he came back next week even stronger because he thought about it, prayed about it. No, there's some things God cannot do. God cannot sin. God cannot commit evil. God cannot violate his word. God cannot break his promises. There's certain things that God cannot do. 
And so I say that in context and closing, uh, we can know God. And we can know there's some things God will do, and there's some things that God cannot and will not do uh, according to his word. Amen. Okay. God bless you. Have a good week.